wealth is, I think, your wants divided by the money to get there. So if you have not many wants, it doesn't take a lot. But if you have, you know, all of these things that you want to accomplish or have or achieve, then that equation becomes much larger. So I think it's just kind of about, I don't know, at least for me, finding a balance, finding the things that are really essential, and then have I fulfilled those kind of essential aspects of my life? Am I a good, you know, partner, friend? Am I doing things that I enjoy? And then if those basic aspects are fulfilled, then, you know, menial things don't really have that much of an impact. What is up, you beautiful bastards? It is your boy, Sun Chaser, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. Noah Kagan. In today's episode, I talked to a 19-year-old business student and entrepreneur, Leif Rasmussen. I met Leif and his dad randomly because I was staring at their old-school Land Cruiser in their driveway. They pulled up on me and said, what are you doing? I was like, this is a cool-ass car. Turns out his dad knew absolutely knew of me, and I've been friends with his dad since. Recently, Leif hit me up and said, hey, I've got some life and entrepreneurship questions I'd like to ask you. I said, that sounds great, and it would be awesome for the podcast. I get asked pretty frequently, how do you start a business as a teenager or as anyone? What advice do you have for young entrepreneurs? There's that and a lot of other things I'm going to talk about. So in today's episode, Leif asked me questions about how to succeed, business goals, and we get into some deep life conversations. If you ever want to learn about what it's like to be a young entrepreneur or just be an entrepreneur in general, you're going to love this episode. Three gigantic things you're going to take away. Uno, how to put yourself in a position of hypergrowth, no matter what age you are. Dos, why you need to surround yourself with people who disagree with you. That's interesting. And three, how to experiment with the dials of your life to find out what fits best, just like a nice pair of pants. Enjoy those three ear nuggets, plus a bunch more along the way. Before diving the show, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash okdork. We put out a video where we interviewed a guy on a jet. It went super viral. It was really fascinating about asking people if you can go on their jets, but really about how did he get successful and what can we learn for ourselves? Also, if you've been wanting to start your own business and you don't know where to start or you've been stuck or you tried and it failed, I got your back. I opened my course, Monthly 1K, for 10 bucks. There's no upsells or secret sales or anything like that. It's helped thousands of people start their business journey. And if you're interested in getting a business going or you're just curious, it will help you too. Head over to okdork.com slash monthly 1K and sign up. Also, special pre-show shout out to listener Onub3. That's kind of funny. They love producing interesting content to the point. Great show with interesting content and interviews. Unlike most podcasts, Noah goes right into the questions and knows how to keep his guests engaged. It is a great show that I listen to while commuting to work or relaxing on the back screen in patio at my home. Dude, send me a photo of you and your patio listening to this, man. That sounds awesome. I love you and I love every other one of you gorgeous listeners. You make this so much fun to share stories of awesome people. I'm glad you enjoy it and take action and inspiration for your own life. If you want to shout in a future episode, leave a review wherever you listen to this. I check every single one of them. They really matter a lot to me. Today I'm here with Leif Rasmussen. And you are how old? 19. Damn, dude. I'm over double your age. Mm-hmm. So I've lived two of your lives. A lot of experience. I guess I do. I guess I do. And still things to learn, supposedly. Or maybe I've learned it all. <laughs> I'm <laughs> of like peak. Maybe. And then I met your dad and you just because I was staring at your car. Yeah. At we your house. Your... Kind of like a creeper. We were concerned for a second, but then it turned out all good because he, uh, he had heard of you before. That's a good thing. Yeah. I was admiring your... What's the car? An um, FJ40. And so I, I did a YouTube office hours today and I get the, the questions constantly about, hey, if I'm 16, if I'm 19, if I'm 14. And it, it's cool. I haven't really been a 19-year-old in a while, but it's fun to kind yeah. of explore it. So I thought it'd be fun if we record a conversation with the 19-year-old about the business questions. You said you have entrepreneurship questions and I, hopefully I can do my best to, to help you with them or just explore it with you. Yeah, for sure. And so maybe give a little background. Where are you at today? So you got your student and then you... Yes. Uh, so I'm a student at St. Edwards University. I'm in uh, business administration. And then I've been running my own small local business for about two years, serving about 200 customers and businesses intermixed uh, all throughout Austin. And it's just a knife sharpening kind of home service with pickup and delivery included. And that's kind of how it got so popular just because a lot of people, you know, had dull knives, but didn't really take the time out to go get them sharpened somewhere. Uh, And it kind of launched during COVID as well, which I think helped because everybody was cooking at home a lot. Good for you, man. How how much has it made? So far, it's made about, I think, 14 or 17K. Really? Uh, Yeah. But I mean, it's been very on and off. I've not been kind of maximizing my time. It's been very kind of, I mean, there have been times where I've been very busy. I think there was one particular weekend where I made maybe two or 3,000 just in about three or four days. So like 
the one thing that's very nice about it is I can scale it up and down kind of as much as I want. And I'm hoping kind of throughout these next few years of college to start doing it more full time. This year, first year, I've just been working on kind of getting adjusted to classes and whatnot. But yeah, it's yeah. been really nice. Good for you, man. Thank you. I appreciate Good it. Good for you. What kind of questions or things are on your mind? Well, I just, you know, when we first met, I talked with my dad and he kind of told me a bit about you. And I just, I find you to be a very fascinating and inspiring person. And uh, yeah, the more he's told me about your background, the more I'm, I just kind of realized that, you know, I'm sure I won't follow the exact same path. You know, I probably won't end up at Minton Facebook, but you know, I just, I want to follow a very similar type of path. You just seem like a person who loves to just kind of do things, which sounds like not much of a, I don't know, comments, but I think most people really don't. You just have a very kind of active take charge of your own life mentality, which is nice, something man. that I kind of want to cultivate as well. It's easy when someone compliments you to kind of just push it away. Mm-hmm. You're like, you're, and that was really nice stuff you said, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to be like, no, you know, I'm not I was like, wow, that's cool. Thanks. I'm glad I can hopefully do my best to share those experiences or whatever questions you have around it. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, these might not be any, in any particular order. And I mean, I'll, I'll ask more of these are just kind of what I have written down. So, after your success at Mint and Facebook, I mean, obviously, you were there kind of very early from what I understand. And those kind of turned out to be, you know, huge, massively successful things. What inspired you to launch AppSumo? So, one thing for... And I'm, can I just give advice? Is that, sure. is that like open permission yeah. to do it? Because yeah, people give me advice and I'm like, I don't want your fucking opinion. Yeah. But this is a, okay, this is a safe space of advice. Yeah. And any of these questions, they can go in any direction awesome. at all. Yeah. One thing that I really, I really think people should be considered of is like, w- everyone has to define what success is. Mm-hmm. I would only say I felt successful career-wise, maybe like last year, or the year before. Like actually like, okay, yeah, you've, you've done some good shit, dude. Like you're, you're hitting it. You know, for me at that time, I never really thought of success or non-success. I think success, uh, the way I've always observed it, it's what we label another person but yeah. not necessarily how we feel inside or what we, what we want to measure ourselves by. I think another great way of thinking about it is professionally as well as personally, like what have we worked on that we're really proud of? And yeah. I, I think I was more focused on that than, than these companies. And for me, you know, being 19 or wherever age you are, it was, I just wanted to be a part of products that I really liked. That was just really my guiding direction. I was like, I have this Facebook thing I'm using in college and I hate my job and I kind of hate my life to some extent. Let me see if I can get a job there. And that was like, man, this is cool. I think when people think of success, they really just think a lot about money. Yeah. Or potentially attention, right? Like you have this many followers, you have this many views. And so I think after Facebook, I felt like a total failure. I felt like success getting the job because I just mm-hmm. got cheated on by a girl. And then I got this job afterwards a few months later. And I was like, okay, dude, like you're finally like validated. And I knew it was going to do well. I knew it. I was like, these guys are smart. This company's awesome. This product's great. I love it. And then to get like fired, that was like a traumatic thing that uh, I think sometimes a trauma, whatever, however weak or strong it is, we don't realize like maybe the impact until later, like how much impact. Mm-hmm. But it was, a, it was a blessing now. Then I would say it was a curse. And look, it could have like I didn't get fired and my life could still just be as great. And the same thing with Mint.com. I was really mad about Facebook and I was really sad and I wanted, I wanted revenge. Mm-hmm. And that's a great, great motivator. Yeah, like to fuck over true. people. Like find some thing. It doesn't have to necessarily be people that you're like, I need to fucking prove this wrong or I need to do this to, to get back for myself. And so Mint was just a great place for that. Because I'm like, I love money. I love finances. I like the product. I think the opportunity is huge. And so Felt like it was like, ah, oh, this is a chance for redemption for myself. Yeah. And then um, I kind of got fired again there or quit. And so I'd say those experiences were very formative and I felt fortunate to be in, I think it's like, how do you put yourself in a place where you're just going to have hyper growth? And it was just like at Facebook, I was literally with like the, like the founders of Quora, the founder of Asana, Sean Parker, Peter Thiel, Mark Zuckerberg. And like, I'm in the hub of these guys. I'm like with working and it's like, wow, I have a lot to learn. And so I think for you or anyone, it's like, put yourself in that place. And same at Mint.com. I got to meet a lot of amazing venture capitalists. I got to meet a lot of people in the personal finance space. I got to learn about how do you build a product from almost zero? Like Facebook was already kind of started. At Mint, it was already, it was like, wow, we have to figure it from scratch as well. I got to figure out like what I like and don't like. I'm like, I don't like arrogant Silicon Valley assholes, but I do like internet stuff. I do like marketing stuff. I do like building product stuff. So it was kind of like putting the pieces together or figuring out like how do these pieces finally fit for me to feel good. And taking a step back here, I had a vision all along and it, it wasn't clear. I, when people say visions, I'm like, dude, where'd you get yours? Can I buy one or <laughs> can I get a vision? Like I'd like one. My vision was to just have my own thing. I think sometimes we like sabotage it a little bit. Self, or, yeah, self-sabotage. Self-defeating, self-sabotage. Because yeah. I was like, I, and, and also it just didn't feel right. I think there are some times when you're like not feeling right. And you're like, there's something here. 
And at Facebook, I didn't feel right. I was like, ah, oh, there's all these people. There's all these meetings. It's like, can we just make cool stuff? And then at Mint, I still had this dream of my own thing. Mm-hmm. And especially, I was like, I want to work abroad and have my own thing. And so I started a side hustle there. And we can talk about that maybe as a later question. But it just didn't feel right. And I, I was proud of what I did. I, I was happy with what I did. But it came to a point where I was like, I either got to be here or I got to go do my own thing. And I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. I would say I, I felt like I wouldn't label either of those successes. I would say they're great opportunities. I had great learning. I had great exposure. But I think the success stuff really came like, I don't know, what is that, 15 years later? Or the way I've looked at success. Yeah, I guess it is kind of a hard, it's a term that gets thrown around a lot, but it is hard to define specifically, especially for yourself. Yeah, I mean, what's success for you? There's a quote from a book that I really like, which is, it's not about success, but it's about wealth, which is that wealth is, I think, your wants divided by the money to get there. So if you have not many wants, it doesn't take a lot. But if you have, you know, all of these things that you want to accomplish or have or achieve, then that equation becomes much larger. So I think it's just kind of about, I don't know, at least for me, finding a balance, finding the things that are really essential, and then have I fulfilled those kind of essential aspects of my life? Am I a good, you know, partner, friend? Am I doing things that I enjoy? And then if those basic aspects are fulfilled, then, you know, menial things don't really have that much of an impact. Like if I, if my car breaks down, but the essential part of, essential parts of my life are there, you know, it's just, obviously you get caught up and you get frustrated, but I feel like it's, easier to kind of, I don't know, just stay calm coming from a place of knowing that the most important things to you are kind of fulfilled. I mean, I think overall with with this question in general, it's just like really trying a lot of things out, finding what you don't like for what you do like, but really kind of having some fantasy of what you think you want your future to be and thinking about like, how are the the actions I'm taking leading me towards there? And I don't think I was as strategic as I could be. I could have been like, I want to run my own Silicon Valley tech company like AppSumo. I need to learn X, Y, and Z here's the places and ways I can go do that. And then that will lead me to that outcome. I wasn't that strategic. I, <laughs> and I think that's fine. I think there's yeah. many ways to get to the destination. For me, it was like, let me just follow my like interests. And mm-hmm. I think people should do that. Find the thing that you could work on for a very long time for free, ideally, and then yeah. do that. And eventually that will lead you to most likely make a lot of money. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned putting yourself in a situation where you just kind of experience hyper growth. Would you say that the formula for that is essentially just from your personal experience when you experienced that, did it just kind of come from throwing yourself into a position where you really almost were not qualified or just were not, you know, hadn't been performing at these same levels that are a lot of the people were that you were surrounded by? So you just kind of had to kind of yeah. adjust to that. I asked this like famous restaurant guy, Nick, he, he, Nick Kakanis, he owns Alinea. And I was like, how do you know good food? How do you know when you have great food? He's like, because I've tasted food. And I, even like dating and, you know, I dated someone who was just amazing. And it was like, unless you've dated someone amazing, you don't know what amazing could be. You can kind of figure it out. And so I think the same thing applied for the work experience where it was just so out of my league to be in around with these guys. And like, are you around people that are, I like the word impressive. I just love the word impressive. And it's like, are you around people that you're just like impressed? Like, which is meaning surprised by their actions? Because generally what they've done is better than something you could have thought of. And I think if you're not having that on a regular basis, you probably don't have the right people around. And so at Facebook, it wasn't my intent. Like, I'm going to go here and try to learn people. But it just was like, wow, being in Silicon Valley geographically, it gave me an advantage. Being in this brand of a company gave me an advantage. And then being around these people gave me like a superpower advantage of like how they approach problems that I probably realize or don't realize how I use today. And in terms of today's point of view at AppSumo.com, as well as on my content with Dork and then with the book team, I'm trying to find people. I think the main thing I look for, main thing I look for is really just being around people who like don't agree with me. And it kind of pisses me off. So I'm looking to be pissed off. And what I mean by that is I have a book coming out in 24. And I worked with my favorite, one of my favorite authors, Tal Ross, and he's written two really popular books. And a lot of times I'd be like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. He's like, nope, I don't like that. And I was like, what do you mean you don't fucking like that, dude? I'm paying you here. Like, you better do what I like. He's like, nope, I don't, I still don't think it's good. I'm like, oh, I like that. Right. And then at AppSumo.com, there's Chad, my business partner, or Eamon, our advisor, uh, or we have this guy named Moody, who's our marketing advisor, or Alona, or Sean, or just a lot of people, Nick. A lot of people in the company who disagree with me and then give feedback and then explain other things. I'm like, dude, yes. And so I think being around advisors or more people that are disagreeing with you and then presenting another option that you're like, that's how I'm going to be expanding my capabilities and, and my understanding of things. Yeah, 
That's a hard thing to do. There's a lot of business people that do not want to hear no and just kind of purposely surround themselves with people who will agree with their decisions or just... It's much nicer when they agree. I'll tell you that. It's a lot easier, but it's not the best. I think one of the things I've been blessed with or I guess I've worked on or I I like about myself is that I ask for feedback or I ask to receive it and I also ask permission to give it. And like, if you want to get better at knife sharpening, if you want to get better at podcasting, for example, podcasting, I've been doing this now, I don't know, maybe five years. And there's probably still stuff to learn. I'm not trying to improve this craft necessarily. But when I was really active and like, all right, I want to be better at questions like, how am I reading books? And then specifically, I had my friend Ian Schoen. He runs a podcast, Tropical MBA, and they've run it for many years. And I did an episode with him and he's like, hey, do you want feedback? I was like, yeah, ooh, thank you. Like, you should ask for feedback in your relationship, which I need to work on. Ask for feedback in your business, ask for feedback from your friends, wherever it is you want to improve with mm-hmm. food, if you're okay hearing it. Some people don't. And I'm like, yo, it's a gift. And I remember with Ian in a podcast, he, he said, no, you ask a question. And then you keep going, like give like three second pause. And so you'll hear in my episodes and sometimes even on my YouTube videos, I'll ask someone something and then they're like, I've seen someone comment a few times now. They're like, dude, why did you wait so long? And I'm like, there's a reason. And then you get better answers because people will then take a click to then finally come out with something else. And that second part is generally the media thing. But that was from feedback from Ian, I don't know, three, four years ago about how I interviewed him. So essentially ask a question and just ask the question. Don't keep adding on to it. Specifically in the podcast realm, it's like I could ask you something how did you get your first customer with the knife business? I came up with the idea for the business with my dad and then pitched it to some family friends. And so I just, I think maybe the first order I did for free, I just did it for one of our friends just to kind of prove to myself and to them that I could do it. And then from there, I reached out to some more family friends and then it blew up through a neighborhood listserv. And that's how I got most of my customers who I didn't already know. Oh. After the answer, okay. I can pause and wait, and like I wouldn't wait too long. But there's there's something beautiful because then you're you're gonna probably catch one or two things that you might want to share. But yeah, that was from feedback from Ian. So I, I think in terms of improving, being around great people, expanding your your capacity, that makes a lot of sense. Now that Sumo was a huge success, people probably don't think about you know everything that had to happen to get there. But was there ever a moment that you were afraid that it just wasn't gonna work out? It's really interesting the stories and how our stories can change based on what's happening in life and the time of our life. Like five years later, like you asked me the same question and I could have a different answer. Obviously, there's new experiences, but even if we're reflecting that same period, my answer can change. I think right now, the biggest thing with AppSumo, if I had to say one thing, you didn't ask for one, but like where I thought it wasn't going to work, or I was scared. It's just, it's around the word commitment. I was just committed. There was never a, um, a flailing that I wasn't going to be. Well, there was, no, sorry. There was a lot of flailing that I wasn't going to be. That's the opposite of truth. I was committed to it, but then there's points where I was not committed. And luckily, there was this guy like Eamon who came and stepped in and came committed. Chad, my business partner, is committed. There's a lot of the the team that's committed. The advisors are committed. And um, I think that's really just like, if you found something that's working, it's very easy to get like, well, I'm going to start this new thing or "Ah, that's kind of tough. It's like, well, it's working, dude. Like, and you like it. Like, just remind yourself that. Why did you do this? Why are you doing this? Like, I like promoting things. I like working with cool people. I like deals. I like the flexibility of like, if I need to leave tomorrow to go work abroad, I can do that. And that was always my goal with it. And remembering that when there's times where it's a little bit tougher. And so just thinking about the commitment that we're making and find the thing you're excited to commit to. It's guaranteed to suck no matter what you do. Knife sharpening, real estate, digital, whatever kind of service business, it, there's a day where it sucks. And so it's like, well, did, am I at least doing the thing that like I enjoy running a business? I enjoy these customers. I enjoy this problem I'm solving in the world. The other side of that with AppSumo in terms of like where I thought it wasn't going to work, I kept my costs really low. So I didn't have to make a lot of money to survive. So there wasn't really a fear it would go away. I did have like, you know, historical things where my dad ruined his business with how he ran his. So I had a lot of fear that that would happen. So I put a lot of insurance in place. Like I built up our bank account and I've still never touched like our bank money. It varied a little bit last year because I put it into a bond. I sold that bond and lost money because like I can't have that money move. I need that money guaranteed. I put people who are very stable around me. Like I, I do think there's times where I'm unstable and I put people who are extremely stable. They're very reliable. and. um you asked me about the low moments. So it's like, one, didn't have a high cost. Two, I did build in people around me to make it easier to commit. And three, I would say, for me, I liked what we get to do. Like, I get to make podcasts. I get to make YouTube videos. I get to meet people. I get to promote companies and products that I like. And somehow we make money doing it. It was always just like, find the thing you enjoy doing. And it is work, actually. <laughs> but it's fun work. And it's like, I do think work makes us feel good about ourselves. And I enjoyed it. In terms of a low moment, there's definitely a lot of low moments of the business. Like, you know, last year we had layoffs. That's low. For It's low for a time and you move forward and it's unfortunate, but everyone moves on and people find new jobs and people regroup and you build stronger. 
at a low moment where maybe a few years in, I was like, oh man, I feel like I'm just like a used car salesman and I'm just like getting these deals of software and just like slinging them for a good price. Great price at absolutemo.com. And uh, I don't know if I really like, I was like, dude, is this how I want to spend my life? And I, I think where I'm learning and growing now, I'm 41 and still growing, is that like, it's easy to just kind of like psych everything out. Like, okay, well, you're not growing and this is, you don't care about this, so we'll move on. It's very easy just to like try to think moving on, we'll, we'll fix it when it's like, I think the challenge of the commitment and the low point is like a really great thing to learn about ourselves. That's something I'm experiencing now and it's good. It's, it's, it doesn't feel good, but it, it, a lot of these things, I think when we, we reflect back on what we're proud of, it's generally the moment that sucked that we're proud of. We're not proud of like, hey, you know, I won the lottery. My pr- the company before Absolute was called Gambit and it was payments for social games, payments for like Facebook games and web apps. And I remember there's this one partner, his name is Matt Richards and he worked for Storm 8 and I spent maybe six months hounding this guy and i still can see the day he finally was like yeah i'll do it and i was at a um kinko's or fedex or something like that like signing the agreement and faxing it to him or emailing it to him i was just so proud of how hard that was and i was low because i was like dude this guy's not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it so yeah with that you know absumo moments they're hard but those are the moments that define you and i think it's interesting to test the character doesn't mean it's easy i think it's interesting when the moment's not easy to reflect on this i can't this is a hard moment like maybe there's something here to teach me and I'll say, like, even recently, I've had a hard moment. It's like, I'm not dealing with it well, but it's like, that's okay. You still have a chance to keep working on, like, this is a great practice for improving it. I would say lately, the low, you know, I think as I'm getting older, I don't know if I want as high highs or as low lows. Or maybe I don't even limit myself, but I'm just trying to be mindful and maybe almost enjoy the lows. Maybe the lows there to serve us or help us in some way. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think not that there's no value to, you know, doing difficult things when it's easy, but, you know, when you're up high, it's kind of much higher to be high. Whereas when you're low, it's much harder to kind of get to that same place and do those difficult things, which I think, you know, when you make some big deal, when everything's going easy, it's a lot different than, you know, getting back up and brushing yourself off after, you know, something goes wrong. Yeah. I talked to someone today and he's like, yeah, I'm trying to grow my business. And I've had like, I got 200 rejections and I don't know what to do next. I'm like, well, get 201, you know, if you enjoy it or find a way to make it enjoyable. And it's working and you're doing something that the people want. So let's continue on that path. Well, moments, man. I don't know. I think as we, as we evolve, we want to kind of keep progressing. Like, all right, I did this thing and I want to iterate to this thing. And I think the other kind of concept I've been struggling with and reflecting on is like, where's enough, right? I think there's some people it's like, hey, I have enough. And like, or I, I, this isn't, this is great for me. Like, I don't need more of the stuff. And like, I just like what I get to do. And I think that's especially hard in business because business is, is built to evolve. And if you're not evolving someone, I'll evolve you and you will lose. Maybe it's not so absolutism like that but it's like i have a fear of like having a really nice tombstone i don't want to have like a really fancy tombstone because i have so much money that i have and i've done all this stuff and i have like a nice tomb. it's like who cares about that fucking shit it's like what are you really gonna reflect in your life it's probably like how do people feel with you which i don't know if it's always great with me i think most time it is but it's like how am i to other people did i spend my time doing things i want or is it just about money and work and and those things and definitely think there's an overemphasis of money which is easy to say if you maybe have some (laughs) But I think it's just like, what's the lifestyle I want to live? What's the life I'd be like, wow, what a fucking killer life. And like, how are you putting your steps in place to have that? Like, I remember I was 21 and I got cheated on and I was like fucking devastated, man. I was like so devastated. But it helped me kind of think about, it helped me know like, oh, wow, this is a kind of, I don't want a cheating partner, but this is the kind of partner attributions that I like, little points. But then it's like, well, what kind of life do I want in the future? And there's the first time I really was like, all right, let me think what happens when I'm 30. I never thought I'd make it to 30. I thought, I don't know, I wouldn't be with anyone or no one would be with me. And which is kind of sad to say, right? It's like a little sad, but it was like, maybe I get a house, maybe I have a dog, maybe these things. And I think just kind of thinking about what that future looks like. And then also, I mean, as I say it to you, right? It sounds sad, right? Like I didn't think I'd live till 30. And there's times now where I don't know if I believe I deserve, but like I'll have a partner, like a, a for a woman partner. But then it's like, bro, yes, you can. And it's interesting. You notice these scripts we have, like, I don't know, I need to go to school or I need to go do this thing or I'm not going to have that. It's like, who's telling that story? And then you kind of start taking the power back of like, even now, I'm like, dude, you can have a great partner. I'm like, fuck yeah, I can. All right, let's go do that. <laughs> it's like who, a lot of times we are the worst critic. And I, I think I try to encourage myself, more, number one, and everyone else to be kind to ourselves and be kind to others. Like I'm, this week, I was like talking to a bunch of people at a, at a get together. And I was just sharing a little bit what's going on in my personal stuff. And then they would share their personal stuff. And I'm like, damn, your shit's way worse. <laughs> but then you also have this really nice appreciation for humanity and connection. And like, we're all going through something and, you know, oh man, like, I'm sorry to hear that. And like, it'll get better or how can I help? And let's, let's do it together while we're on this planet in space. Yeah. Like you said, there's such a large 
emphasis, I think, especially when people consider that stuff on on money, business, things like that, which, you know, all are valuable, especially if you enjoy what you do. But regardless of that, what is that for you? What is that ideal? Happiness? Or just that that vision for your life? What does that look like? I would say right now my life is dope. Not And not bragging. I mean, I've had... It's, yeah. And you know, we always do this as humans. Oh, my, li- my life's dope, but I got to turn it down a bit yeah. because I can't be at level nine or level yeah. 10. And I have a friend, Tynan, who I love, Tynan.com. He actually is like, life's great and it's going to get better. But I think we have this mentality like, life's good, but I'm going to get taken down a bit. It's like, no, why don't you go to the next level? And not just necessarily more, but like, it can get better. Like, I think it's finding commitment and contentment in what's going on. Yeah. Right? Like, I think there's this book, The Missing Piece, and I emailed it about on okdorf.com, my uh, blog, my newsletter. And the book is about like trying to find this thing that'll finally make us feel good. And he finds it and then he finds out he still doesn't feel good. And then he realizes like, hey, it's just in you all along to just feel good about who you are. And so I think there's something with that for me to kind of keep working on where like, I'll be home alone on a Friday or Saturday. I'm like, dude, I'm feeling shitty. Like, I, why am I alone? Like, who's here? Like, I'm restless. And it's like, dude, it's all good. But I, I'm working on that. I'm practicing mm-hmm. that. And so in terms of where my life is, I think with work, like I've committed to AppSumo and I'm proud of the people. I'm proud of the work. I'm proud of what we get to do. And so like showing up is awesome. And then the same thing I would say on YouTube and the same thing going on in like my health life, like being back in Austin, I'm like working out consistently, drinking less or not at all, eating healthy. I think in the personal life, I always think humans is almost a little bit of game characters and we have different, you know, different scores or different levels and different developments. Like, okay, I'm developed level eight here, but level four here. And I think I'm developing on the relationship side in myself and in my interactions for partners that I don't think they'll make my life better. No, I actually do think they'll make my life better. But I think that's the area that I'm finding more peace with and um, I'm really working on to get more clarity. Not clarity and just like, I guess I would say like contentment with myself around that. And I think that's kind of the, the final piece because I am looking for something a little bit. But I, I think that'll, that'll enjoy and make a more colorful life. And I'm, I'm trying to also balance that caveat to also just be happy if that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, I think there's a high likelihood it'll happen. I mean, also, you know, like you said, you are looking for something, but you're looking for something within yourself, which is kind of the key distinction. I think that is kind of what makes all the difference. Yeah, I think it's easy in business and in life, like you read more books to be like, oh, I'm going to read this business book and it's finally going to give me some answer. And the reality that we don't want to hear, but we might want to accept is that almost all the answers are inside, right? Like even I talked to this guy today about his business and I said, hey, you know, it was like, do you want my advice? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, before I even give you my advice, what do you think you should do? And I was like, you knew what to do. So what's the difference? It's like, yeah, I know I'm afraid. And I'm like, okay, that's the part to maybe work on. I think a lot of times we know exactly what to do, but maybe part of us doesn't want to do it. So we just kind of think, oh, there has to be, there has to be something. Let me, let me look, I'll figure out the answer, but maybe it's there all along. Yeah, exactly. That same book. What's the book? It's called Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Okay. It's really good. But there's another part where I think the metaphor is essentially, or not, I think the metaphor is it's about this guy's journey to essentially kind of achieve enlightenment in a very normal Western world. It's this guy from University of Berkeley who finds this old man at a gas station and just kind of goes on this whole spiritual journey with him. There's a metaphor for essentially enlightenment, contentment, where we're searching in a dark valley for this kind of gem and we just can't find it no matter where we look. So then, you know, there's this mountain up kind of above the valley and we hike all the way up to the top thinking it's going to be there. And then we look back down in the valley and we see it's right back down there where we were initially looking. There's something to be said for that, man. Like, I, I think for all of us, including myself, like, how do we accept ourselves just whatever ways we are in these, like, maybe you're unstable and that's okay. And, you know, you can improve it, but maybe you're these other things. And, and I think I like this phrase and that's okay. You know, I, I learned it from this guy, Joe. He has a connection course, Joe Hudson. It was just like beautiful to be accepted by yourself and by another person. And that, that definitely in the course, it kind of encourages that. Do you think you, for the most part, do good at accepting yourself? I think I'm working on being kind to myself still. Mm-hmm. I know it's funny because I think you hear that question and people will be like, of course people accept themselves. And then you realize you do things and you're like, I don't accept that part of me. I don't accept that I'm like uncertain. I don't accept that like I didn't do this commitment or this this action. But I would say I'm becoming more at peace with myself. and trying to embrace these different parts like sometimes the fact that i'm not one way is actually a good thing but you don't have to be so hard that it's not so yeah i'd say it's it's in progress it's getting i don't know if there'll be a conditional moment where it finally happens i like the the direction it's going especially even like 
you asked about low moments. I do think in, in business and some of this life stuff, like the low moments really define you and where you get growth. Like in AppSumo, we had like two years ago and maybe 18 months ago and 12 months ago, we we're losing a lot of money or deals aren't working. And uh, it's like, fuck, what's happening? And you have bills to pay. Like our, our minimum a month of bills is 1.5 million. Minimum. Like if, if the business stops, I still have to pay 1.5 million in bills. Like salary, servers, like ads. I don't know. Maybe we'd stop the ad stuff. And um, that definitely gives you some anxiety. But I, I'd say what's been interesting is like growing on that, being able to now fast forward to today, kind of like also recognize like how far we've come with some of these things about accepting and, and progress. I think a lot of times we're, we're looking forward. We don't maybe look backward enough. And it was nice to be able to look like today we're in the meeting before this was like looking backwards. Like we had, to, we're off for the past two days and we're not scrambling. We're like, Hey, we actually, we know what the fuck's happening. And that's a powerful moment to be like, you know, in terms of accepting ourselves and, and the progress we want to make, like, wow, I'm, we're, we're doing better than we think. But I, I don't know if we take time to, to reflect on that enough. So that was a nice moment earlier today to, to acknowledge it. Do you think in regards to that vision that you had when you were 21 for, I don't know, kind of thinking about where you wanted to be? I suppose you talked about thinking about where you wanted to be at 30, but just, I don't know, reflecting on some of your thoughts earlier in life about where you would be or exactly how it would feel to be where you are at now, would you say it is the same or how does it compare? I thought I'd be like married at 30 and there's like, you get some fence to give you a fence. <laughs> I guess that when you asked that, I started thinking about what do I want to be at 50? I think there's, there's a lot of ways of life where, you know, one way of life, you get fixated on some outcome and you ignore all the, the valleys or the, the buildings and all the beautiful things on the way to that specific outcome that you have to get. And especially in business, it's like, I want this money or I want this subscriber count or I want this like amount of customers. And then you're kind of forgetting all the, the challenges and the joy of all the things that happen along the way. And, and that's definitely an experience I have. I think at 50, yeah, I'd like to have a kid. I'd like to have a wife. I'd like to have a dog. And I don't think that'll make me complete. I think I theoretically should feel complete already. I don't know if I do. I'm honest. But I, I think that would be some things that would enhance my life and color my life in a way that like you can get only so much development out of the work, out of doing business. And I'm scared of it. And I'm, there's definitely fear. And it's like, oh, is this the person? How do I know? And, but I think there's also a lot of growth in that. So I think that would be the areas. I think in my 20s, I, you know, I did have that vision at 30 to have a wife and kids, like kind of the, I guess, generic vision. <laughs> so I think what, what is it? Close values held lightly, close goals held lightly, some, some quote like that. But it's, I don't think people think enough about where they want to go, maybe even in the year, but maybe not in a decade. And I think I'm okay at it, but you know, have some idea of it and then also be okay. Like, Hey, what paths open up that you weren't expecting? Yeah. I think a lot of times those paths end up being kind of the main path, like the little trails off to the side of the main road actually kind of end up opening up to the main way you move forward. I think we get, especially if in business, you get fixated on like, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This yeah. is the thing it has to be doing. And you kind of like, you know, even today, this guy, he's like, well, I'm supposed to be doing, I want to sell this like digital product. I'm like, well, this thing over here is the thing working and thing like people enjoy. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't do the new thing, but maybe reevaluate like what would make this other thing enjoyable or how can you embrace what, what is the good thing? I felt really frustrated in my 20s and, and angry and I had good moments, but I was just like scrambling to find a thing that, that satisfied me. And it took like 10 years, like from like 21 to being at Intel to like all these companies and all these people and all this disappointments and some things that worked. It wasn't like all like total failures, but to get to a point where I was like, you know, like peace. And it's like, oh, I actually really like these elements and I can create my life around that. And, you know, one of my friends, Adam Gilbert, he always says, take your power back. And it's like, okay, well, t in taking your power, like, how do you want it to be? And then let's make it that way. I feel kind of strange going back to the more business side of things. Do the business ones, man. Right. I mean, business is a great way to learn about yourself. Okay. And I think, you know, you're at St. Ed's, right? Yeah. Don't you learn more from your knife business than from St. Ed's? When I was first deciding to go to college, I knew that I didn't just want to go because that's the typical kind of expected path. I wanted to do it of my own accord and do it in a way that I saw value in. And for a, quite a while, I didn't really know entirely if I did want to go to college. And the conclusion I came to ultimately with the decision is just that I primarily want to go to college to, I think you learn more by doing, but I think there is some value to, you know, learning from people who have, you know, tried out these different things. And specifically, you know, in the Monday School of Business, there's, you know, there's a lot of people or a lot of professors who have run their own businesses and they have that experience they can kind of bring to the classroom and things you can learn more from them and kind of conversations from them than you could just learn from a textbook or a PowerPoint slide. But the other thing was just, I want to be in a community, at least, you know, for this brief kind of period of time near the start of my life where I'm surrounded by people who also 
have kind of this drive to move themselves forward and progress their life and who are also doing interesting, fascinating things. And I don't think that those kinds of communities exclusively exist in college, but at least, you know, starting out, I feel like it's a good place to kind of find those types of people. How do you feel about the people around you at St. Ed's? A lot of them, I feel very impressed by, to use one of your favorite words. And a lot else I find surprisingly just a little bland. Yeah, they're not smart enough to listen to the show, don't worry, <laughs> dude. It's just, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe this was a naive expectation, but maybe to some extent going into college, I expected that, you know. Obviously, there was some part of me that knew that not everybody was going to be driven and motivated and after it, but just college feels like a big decision and a huge financial and time commitment. So I kind of imagine that a significant portion of the people that would be there would be there for a reason and have a direction and a, a purpose. But it's kind of a lot of apathy, which is very strange. I wasn't really expecting that. And not that I'm always perfect, but I, you know, I try to show up to class every day with a motivation and a curiosity and a desire to learn. And there's just a lot of people I see who kind of sit on their phones or shop online throughout all of their classes and then just kind of party every single night of the week. So I guess two pieces there. How else could you put yourself around people you want to meet or people that you want at least, I, I think especially your age, like I always think about haircuts and it's like, how do I just try out other people's haircuts and see how I look and see what it feels, right? Like this woman did it this way. I'm going to try that haircut. Oh, that didn't feel right. I'm going to try to do this haircut. So it's like, how do you put yourself around? Like maybe it's meeting more people like myself and be like, this guy seems pretty fucked up or this guy, he actually seems like, you know, he's, he's, he's real. He's figuring it out. And like, he has got some good parts and bad parts and you know, you can shortcut some of those learnings. So I guess I wonder for yourself, how do you put yourself in those places? I think in terms of shortcutting it, one of the best ways is by asking people who have done it like yourself. It sounds like you have a community of people at AppSumo that you're very impressed by and inspired to be around. And I think, you know, especially kind of learning those lessons from people who have done it and have much more life experience, it kind of helps you to not that you're going to get it instantly or that there's any, I don't think there's too much of any shortcut in life. Obviously, everything takes some amount of time and effort, but learning those lessons can kind of help to figure maybe it out. Maybe something to think about. I'm not, I cut you off. I know I'm supposed to oh, be quiet right. all the time, but I would, I'd, maybe something to think about. Like, how are you being, you know, consistently putting yourself in places where you're meeting people that you can try their haircuts and see how it feels for you? Yeah. I started blogging in 2000. I was 18. And that led me to meet like Seth Godin and just a lot of amazing people. It just put me as a magnet as well as it put me in a mindset mm -hmm. to go connect with people kind of on the regular. And I think especially early on your age, like if you were 25 or even say 30 and you're like, hey, can I meet you? I'm like, oh, fuck no. But the fact you're 19, I kind of know your dad. So it made it a little bit easier to be like, yeah, I want to give back. Thank you, by the way. I really yeah, appreciate this. Whole experience. The other thing I, I was curious, so yeah, something to reflect on. I think the other thing maybe for you, do you have a vision for the future or do you have a dream? I or fantasy? I think ideally, I try to think a lot about how much what I want is inspired by what I actually want versus what's expected, just because I think there's a lot of things that are very much expected, a wife and kids, and that path is not right for everybody. But I've thought about it, and I think that's, that is something that I value. I think I want a family. I want an exciting life, but I also want a simple life. I think I want kind of an exciting life on my own terms and I feel like a lot of people tend to confuse excitement with stress and drama, and that's not something that I want. I want to live in the woods, near nature, near a city. I want to have access to things that are happening, have access to people and social scenes, but I also know that for myself, I, I think I'm more of an introvert and more than anything, I value, you know, peace, quiet, a little babbling stream running next to a cabin in the woods. So I think just in general, a balance of things, which obviously the balance changes for, is different for everybody. But for me, I think that means a lot of adventure and adventure specifically in nature, a lot of new experiences and a lot of excitement through that, just because I feel like pushing yourself and new experiences, both in kind of a comfortable sense. I think traveling, I'm very used to and is a very comfortable way to kind of put yourself in new experiences. But I also purposefully want to 
make myself very uncomfortable, try new things, just stuff that I would never expect myself to do, learn how to weld, learn how to crochet, and just overall cultivate kind of a simultaneously fun but simple and quiet life with people that I'm inspired by and who are important to me. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. It's uh I think especially early in life. I wonder if it's like it's not more for more sake. We're talking about Dainu and enough. But it's maybe around you're cultivating all the experiences and preferences and ideas and then as we get older we're dialing those in and then as we get older we're dialing them out. Right. Like you are like, all right, I mentioned this wife, this creek, this work, this discomfort, this thing, this thing. Like I tried a lot of different I'm gonna be drinking a lot, I'm gonna drink a little, I'm gonna be vegetarian a little bit, I'm gonna do vegan a little bit, I'm gonna try that. And then as you get to a certain age, you you don't peak in terms of in a bad way, but you peek in like, okay, well, what really matters? Like even as I've gotten older now, it's like there's a lot of ways I can make more money and I'm I'm just like I don't wanna deal with making I don't wanna like what's the cost of that? And then, you know, in these other areas you you kind of like, okay, this is the thing I really want. Like let's be clear and, and connect with that. That's very true. I think just inevitably, and not in a bad way, like you said, but my life will get simpler and quieter as I'm older. And not to say that I want to, you know, be debaucherous. I don't know if that's a word. You can be debaucherous. That's a real word. I love it. Yes. But I don't know. I don't want to, you know, stay up till 4 a.m. partying every night while I'm 20. But I do want to do some of those more fun, kind of exciting, full of energy things kind of for the next, I don't know period of my life and then i'm sure as i get older i think i'll kind of care more about just cultivating that sense of peace and quiet but i think i also want to i don't know try and find a way to always i never want to become stagnant in regards to my beliefs even who i am what i value i guess if there's one value i do want to stagnate and stay the same it's valuing adaptability i want to be able to change my identity what i prefer the things i like and you know I think some of that is natural, but I also want to, and you know, you know what you like, and it's not bad if you know what you like, but I think I also just want to maintain a sense of, even as I get older, still being able to try new things and have exciting experiences. Yeah, dude. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I think we sometimes forget we write the book. It's very easy to forget. Yeah. Someone said yesterday or two days ago, I liked it. They're like, do whatever is the most reversible. Right. Like if you have two options, like I would generally think about like do the more bold option. But if you could do something that would be wild but reversible, like maybe try that because at least you'll get the experience and it'll be something new out of it versus like the area that you don't. But then the fucked up part is someone could be like, actually, don't do the reversal. Just do the things that you know work. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where life is, is the, you know, you try a bunch of things out and you kind of figure the way that you like operating and then be open minded to test the operating system. Yeah. That's the best way to know it's a good operating system too. Because if, you know, one little bug in it, causes the whole thing to malfunction, then clearly there's some things to adjust there. Part of being an entrepreneur is learning how to sell yourself, which mm. means being told no a lot. Mm. How did you learn to manage rejection, professionally and personally? You heard of my coffee challenge thing? It sounds familiar. So coffee challenge is basically the idea of like, how do you put yourself in a place of rejection? Mm -hmm. So next time you buy anything, candy, a soda, a coffee, coffee is generally most universal, but uh, whatever it is, just ask for 10% off at the register and just see what happens. For most people, including myself, it's very scary. And then it's over, and then you move forward. Will you do it? I mean, I've been challenged. I have to. <laughs> you don't have to. You can still say no. I'll say yes. Okay. So text me afterwards. Okay. I'll let you know how it goes. It's fascinating what people learn about themselves from that. Yeah. And including myself, I have fear with it. Like I'm like, do it, oh, do it. Then you start creating these excuses, and you start creating why you don't have to do it. Then you're like, well, I need an explanation. And then it's like, and then you do the, the, the hard thing, and you're like, it's not that bad. And it's, think of it as like a muscle. Right. It really is a muscle. And like in a lot of my YouTube videos, it is me doing like rejection stuff, like going up to houses or cars or yachts or planes. I've seen that one video of you going around Westlake and asking yeah. people what they do. Yeah. It's a really that was, good video. Well, I think people also enjoy that they see I can relate. Like, dude, I'm still pushing the envelope of mm -hmm. something that's hard, something that is discomfortable, but I actually am proud of afterwards. And I think it creates also interesting content. Now, that's one thing. I, I definitely think coffee challenges is a key thing here. I think the second part about Let's separate it. Selling yourself is a separate thing, but I think overcoming fear and rejection, I think a way a lot of times what I, I think about is like, what do I really want? And it's really hard to be rejected or stop if it's something you want. So with AppSumo early on, and even to this day, if it's me marketing it, I truly think it's a great thing. Like if you create software and I can bring you customers and exposure and money for free, if there's a better place, let me know. I'll shut down our company. There's not. There's nowhere else you can do that. And so like there's no end to that persistence. 
And so I think find the areas of things that you don't have to think about discipline, right? No one has discipline to eat food. No one has to convince you to eat a dessert if you like dessert. (laughs) There's no discipline needed. You're like, of course I want to do it. And so find the dessert of other things and then the persistence part follows, right? And that's something I think gets missed out on when we talk about fear and rejection where it's like, well, how how do I overcome? It's like, well, find a thing you don't have to overcome. Just get around it. Play a different game. Change the field. And I think with a lot of the stuff I've done, it's like, like I did a conference business and made you know pretty decent amount of money from that. And it was just like, I just wanted this thing. Like you couldn't stop me because I'm just going to do it no matter what. Or like with YouTube videos, I, I try to dial in videos that even if no one else watches, I'm going to do this. I don't need a sub. I don't need a follower. I don't need you to pay anything. I don't need you to click anything. Just I'm going to go make this content for me. And look, you want to watch it, fine. So I'm going to be very persistent. Like I'm trying to get John Paul DeJore. He's this famous entrepreneur. I've called his assistant, email's assistant twice a week now or once a week. Probably, what has it been now? Eight months? I want to get him and I will get him. It's just, I want it. I think it'd be really interesting to share a story and donate to his charity and all this stuff. Now, in terms of selling yourself on the separate side of that, I think that's a hard thing that we all go through. My imposter, there's an imposter syndrome thing. And then it's like, you know, for me, I got a really bad experience where I put myself out there during Facebook days. And like, because of that, I think I got fired. And so I'm like, oh, don't put yourself out there. I think instead of selling yourself, maybe just think about how am I helping one person, like make it on a little bit easier of a scale, right? Instead of I have to sell myself, I have to put my blog out there. I would think like, all right, who can I help and who, who needs my help? Or, and then just go focus on that person versus all these other things that kind of are external factors. I'd say the other part of selling yourself is like, what's enjoyable? It doesn't have to be creating content. Like some people are like, I don't care about social media at all. I don't care about any of this stuff. Great. Find the there you enjoy. Like, I don't think I'm selling myself on Twitter to tell me to follow or join my email list. I'm just like, I like doing this and I have a lot of fun with it. And it's really interesting and I'm learning a lot and I'm connecting with a lot of people. So maybe yeah, I'm telling you to do something or not, but I, I don't think of it that way. I'm just like, I'm finding what's enjoyable and it makes it much easier for me to just kind of keep going on with that. How does that relate to you? Business-wise, I mean, with a, well, really starting any any business on your own, you have to sell whatever product or service you have. So learning how to handle that rejection because it's inevitable. Part of it is important. So I think professionally, that's why I want to know, but then just also personally, Everybody faces rejection in some form or another. And I think in the past, when I've faced it, I've always had the, I guess, the luxury of being able to not not run away, but just kind of ignore it. And I mean, it's it's not to say that, you know, that was the wrong thing to do in those situations. In all of the examples I can think of, of you know, when I've had to face that, it's just kind of been the thing that has provided the greatest benefit, causes the least stress those people aren't usually they're not from relationships that i really value a ton anyway but it's not the right you know decision to make in every circumstance so i think learning how to handle it and then face it and kind of keep on going and not just get away from it is very valuable to learn i would only add in one one more thing there which is sometimes when i've done these videos and and it's really helped surprisingly or unsurprisingly is like how do you make it a game yeah. So in I did the Swiss banking video and some of these other videos where it's like, how do I get 50 rejections? And I just flipped it. And so I didn't really care. I was like, you can't affect my who I am inside because I'm just trying to play this game. And it's yeah. just like externalizing. And I think in business, we think it's they're rejecting us, which they are. But it's really just they're, exact, they're rejecting the idea. You don't, you don't understand. Like if you're asking someone for something, like you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's important. You don't know their finance. You don't know their, like their, their husband's mad at them or something. So I think it would be, you know, in the like knife sharpening business, like I'm going to see if I can get five rejections. Obviously, I think you should target five acceptances, but like do that as a way of not necessarily, it separates yourself from the experience in, I think, a healthy way that you can keep moving forward so you're not feeling so bad about yourself. But I think the key thing, let's say in the knife business, is you're asking for people to, to buy or subscribe or refer, I would think if they reject you, it's this feedback moment. Hey, oh, that's fine. Totally cool. It's like, can you just give me quick feedback? I want to learn about how I can improve. Like, what is it about, you know, like, they're like, well, actually the price, or actually I don't need it today, or actually this. And you're like, oh, I can solve that. Or I can fix that. And that's how you kind of keep improving the process. Yeah, that's for sure. Final question. What's the single biggest piece of advice you would give to your 19-year-old self? So one answer is more of like, it's all going to work out. And I think there's times even for myself, I'm so anxious or I'm like, this is not going to work or it's like, this isn't going to happen. And it's like, if you can zoom out, one, life is better than we realize, but it, it will work out. Like if you didn't get this job, then some other job's going to come along. This girl or guy doesn't work out. There's another girl or guy going to come along. But I think we, especially myself, even to this day, like this isn't working out, like it'll never work out. It's just like trying to take a breath, like it'll work out, like it will. It always does. Like you get rejected by Facebook, you're not a hundred millionaire, but it's like, I'm not worth hundreds of millions. Like, okay, you're worth tens of millions, like still pretty fucking good. Like I, dude, I'm surprised by it. And so that, that's not one, it will work out, right? It's just really how you experience it. So just like, instead of the anxiety or the toughness experience, like 
just try to be with the experience and it'll work out. I think the second thing, <laughs> I was talking about this two days ago, I would probably break up with people quicker. I would try to break up with like business partners or friends or girls, significant others that you just are like, this is not aligned. I don't know what it is necessarily. I'm saying if you don't know what it is, but there's something there, like try to understand what it really is and then move the fuck on. I think there's, you know, 41. I definitely had business partners that helped me understand what I like and didn't like. And I've had girlfriends where I've gone probably a year to three years extra that it's, it's opportunity cost. And yeah, there's some bullshit thing like I learned and I loved and I grew, but it's like, I could have done that with also someone I really enjoyed. So I would say call it early and, and I'll just specifically say relationships. Like try to understand if this is something that you can see for the future. Cause I don't think I ever did that with anyone until recently. And even now, I think I'm still working on that, which is like, just call it earlier. I think who you choose as a partner in work and in your personal life is probably one of the most important decisions. I really truly believe that. And I think we take it very lightly. I think there's so much emphasis placed on just having somebody that yeah. we don't spend a lot of time considering it. All right, Leap, should do, where can people in Austin, Texas check out your knife stuff? Uh, they can check it out at Sharp N. That's sharpen without the E, Austin.com. On sharp, then the letter N, Austin.com? Yes. You couldn't get sharpen Austin? No. The fuck, dude? All right, anyway, we'll work on that. So sharpnaustin.com. Yeah. All right, man. I do have to, to rock, but thanks for uh, coming by. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. I hope you loved the episode. If you did, send it to someone who is a young entrepreneur or just an entrepreneur in general. As well, check out Leaf's knife sharpening business, sharpnaustin.com. Next, text a friend you love him. Yo, dog, let's go fight swords together. Before we go, tweet, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it is, at Noah Kagan. I love hearing your feedback about these episodes. I reply to almost every single one of them. Also, remember to go subscribe to my newsletter. I put my best tips into a single short email each and every week and have exclusive content just for subscribers. I'm also experimenting with the name. We had the Friday special. Now we're testing out Noah's Nuggets. Curious to hear what you think about it. A lot of it's around business and life advice. That's okdork.com to sign up. Okdork.com to sign up. Finally, a couple shout-outs to the amazing team who makes all this happen. They're so amazing. I wouldn't do it without them. Thank you to Jason at podcasttech.com for making these podcasts sound so nice. Thank you to Mitchell, Jeremy, George, Cam, Sasa, Nikki, and Jen from the Dork Team for all the magic y'all do. And finally, a big shout-out to Adnan, Lawrence, Alona, and Ananatario at appsuma.com. They help do our planning process, which, you know, you've got 100 people, you've got millions of customers, you've got a lot of partners and a lot of things to consider, and then we've got focus and goals and all this stuff, and they help make it look so easy to decide what we're going to do as a business. Thank you for everything you do. Have a fantastic day. What's your favorite breakfast? Oh, that's a tough one. Lately, sometimes it's coffee with a little bit of collagen creamer and MCT oil. Sometimes it's like a breakfast taco. Sometimes just water with some LMNT. What about you? <laughs>